Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a Tuesday. It is Dave Sturgio. It is Chris Gucci over there. It is A5. Anthony behind the glass here at Chop Studios. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Hope everybody enjoyed the football last night, which, again, if you're a 49er fan, sure, you enjoyed that football last night. If you're a Monday Night Football fan, you're like, mm, that was hard to watch. I just I couldn't get behind it. I just knew from the rip. I said it yesterday on the other show. I said, Niners will probably blow them out, and the Cardinals look bad without Kyler Murray, but then again, they look bad with Kyler Murray. So Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch the game from the start, so by the time I put it on, it was already not a game. So I kind of just watched it sporadically. It was on in the background, but I was doing some other stuff. You, you know, uh, I was getting decorating the house, a little Christmas season, a little maybe. bit, a little yeah, something a little like that. Um, anyway, before we get into everything we want to get into as far as the game and uh, some of the news around the NFL, some news yesterday that broke right as people were kind of driving home, a little bit of an afternoon drive type situation where Robert Sala took the podium. Um, and officially he wouldn't commit to Zach Wilson to be the starting quarterback for the for the Jets against the Bears. We said yesterday on this show that it was just it was time. It was like he just wasn't developing at a quick enough rate for the Jets to to salvage this season. They're six and four. So it's like the season's not lost, but Zach Wilson is the reason why they're not like eight and two. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm looking up Mike White's um How's mojo. he doing? I'm pretty sure Mike White had a nice little surge yesterday. What about Give Joe Flacco? Uh, I think Mike White is the backup now. I think Joe Flacco was officially pushed. That was announced a couple weeks yeah, back. Yeah, Flacco's been so, a- yeah, inactive, look, actually. Um, right now, Mike White is up 33% oh, in the mojo market. So he's goodness. the top mover of the night. Look, I don't know that Mike White's going to be the starter. I think Robert Sala had to walk back on his comments that he made after the game saying that it's not, you know, the quarterback is basically Zach Wilson. But then 24 hours later, I'm sure after listening to some of the defensive players and then watching back the press conference, because at that time... And the tape of the game. At that time, I wonder if Robert Sala even had knowledge of the fact that Zach Wilson... No, they were getting interviewed simultaneously. uh, Post-game? Yeah. it wasn't simultaneous because that would be at the same time. But it no, would what be I mean like, is like, like in the same in time frame. In succession. So if like Robert Sala is behind, he's not getting to see the news come out yet of what his quarterback is saying until later. So at the time of his interview, he may not, or it may have been Sala first for all we know. Truth. Right. Uh, it usually is the usually, head coach first. So, all right, there you go. So Robert Sala didn't know that Zach Wilson was going to completely shit the bed when he got <laughs> right. up in front of the podium. And then 24 hours later, he can't commit. I think he's only doing that to pander a little bit. I don't think they're going to pull the plug on Zach Wilson just yet. But you could see a short leash in that game, and Mike White might end up getting some PT if, I think, if the Jets' offense doesn't click. I think early. you got to make a statement, and you got to you have to tell this kid, "Hey, man, uh, you know your job is not safe here." Well, you know right, what I mean? Uh, like, that's what I think. And by starting Mike White, even on a one-game basis, you know you you can get the fan base back on Zach Wilson's side if Mike White is really bad. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, all right, yeah, man, just put it back six in. And, at six and four, you have to really look and see. And okay, they got the Bears team coming does, in. Does hobbled? Mike White give them a better chance to win than Zach Wilson? I'm not sure he does yet. I don't know. It's not I don't like know. Mike White has lit the world on fire. He had that one really good game against the Bengals, and, and then he the Jets fans really went nuts. Bad. Put him in Canton. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, here's my issue with the, with. I agree they need to send the kid a message, but benching him might be too much of a message because we clearly see that he doesn't know how to handle himself in these types of situations. And he hasn't walked back anything so yet, maybe which the is hard, even worse. Maybe the hard lesson should just be what they're doing now and not committing to him and making him earn it throughout the week. But if they bench him, I think that could be a, a situation where the player gets embarrassed and when 
a player that thinks that he's not part of the problem gets benched, yeah. then you're going to have a, a – it might be worse for his development, and that's the ultimate thing you want Zach Wilson to work out still. Down 19% in a month, 12% last yeah, week, 5% overnight. So things are not trending in the right direction for a Zach Wilson. And, of course, here at, you know, on a local front, you would hope the kid gets it right, walks back his comments, says, like, look, man, heat of the moment, sorry, would never throw anybody under the bus, something. He hasn't, he hasn't seen – what is it with this New York athletes that just don't know how to apologize? <laughs> but anyway, that's enough of Mike White. We'll get into the game now for tonight's – or last night's top movers. <laughs> Top movers of the night. And of course, the 49ers had their way. And we start with a George Kittle. Now, George Kittle, it's it's fun to talk about him because he's a fun dude to watch. He's very high energy. Um, but George Kittle has himself a day last night, two touchdowns. He's up 2.43%. Uh, right now, is the interesting part about George Kittle is that he's the fourth tight end listed on the mojo market, right? And he's right above somebody we'll talk about later, Kyle Pitts. And he's right behind Zach Ertz. With Ertz's injury, I think there's a good chance that before the end of the season, and if this keeps going the way they're going and Jimmy G keeps finding him, you know, Kittle could find himself as a top three tight end in the mojo market. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers offense right now, Jimmy G, four <laughs> touchdown passes. Yeah. On the heels of Let's not disregard Jimmy G's a really good night. Conservative on the yardage, but a lot well, of the That's yak. 49er football. It is. And Right now, we're we're heading towards those months or that po point in the year where the 49ers seemingly start to click and they're able to play more their brand of their football. Where, you know what they're what they're looking to do. Um, they're going to run the ball a lot in the second half. And George Kittle is a great run blocking tight end, so he's on the field at all times. Oh yeah, he's. A, mm -hmm. uh, I think George Kittle. I'm not. I'm worried more so about the injuries in the long term. But as far as the rest of the season goes, if he's healthy, which looking the way he played yesterday, he seems to be. And then getting a deep run in the playoffs out of a tight end and George Kittle being heavily involved in that offense, which I think it's going to be sporadic for him. And you even see it. The targets weren't there. He was very touchdown dependent yesterday. Yeah. So you could expect the same similar target share out of George Kittle. But because this offense has so many weapons, I think they're going to be really dominant in the red zone. And looking to Kittle in the red zone after not feeding him from 20 to 20, I think it's going to become more prevalent as we saw yesterday. Yeah. So George Kittle obviously has himself a really good yak night. You know, he caught the ball a couple times and just showed that he has the burners. And again, I, 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 I've always liked George Kittle, the the guy. Did you see him in the pregame? Got himself a custom mask, a lucha mask from yeah. George Pentagon. Kittle, George Kittle plays the role. He does it he all. Really he's, does. he's an off the field guy. And, he has that character about him, which I think is why you may even see him as high as he is in the market because he has a lot of fans. He's likable. He's likable. Speaking of likable, staying with the 49ers offense, we're talking about a guy who just consistently, blindly, in his sleep, has 100 all-purpose yards every week, and that's Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel last night runs the ball for 37 yards off three rushes, seven catches, 57 yards. Like I said, 100-plus on the all-purpose. Debo Samuel is the guy that you just – you, you know what you're going to get out of him every week. He's just a gadget. He, I, he's a little bit more than a gadget guy. But what I will say is you just have to account for him at all times if you're the opposing defense. Yeah. We were worried about well, the usage for Debo now that CMC was there. And I guess it's still a little bit down. You know, I, I mean, his rush attempts are down. When I, saw, when I saw that Debo was a mover and he was on his way up, I expected to see a little bit better of a stat line when I look back. But I think what we're... What they're kind of pouring cold water on here is the fact that CMC is going to completely eat into Debo's usage 
we were able to see Debo kind of shine a little bit yesterday, and that was a good thing. It was his best game, I think, since McCaffrey's come over, if I'm as not mistaken. As far as stat line is concerned? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's most involved is what – yeah, he's been most involved. It's, it's just crazy. Like I want to look at his rushes for the last couple weeks. Yeah, it took into the second half to get guys like Elijah Mitchell on the field a, a touch. And, you know, the, the sideline reporter, they, they kind of discussed it. They said, look – you know, how do we get Elijah Moore, uh, I mean, not Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell more touches? And, you know, you're looking at Shanahan, and he's like, look, I, there's a lot of talent on this team. It's like there's only one ball to go around, and that's the scary part when it, when it is, when you're whether it be the mojo market or fantasy football. There's only one ball to go around. And this is the second straight week with Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey playing where Elijah Mitchell has out-carried him. Out-carried and out-gained him. So it's it's – Look, Elijah Mitchell is another one to keep your eye on. But the 49er offense, you can't go wrong with anybody on the 49er offense right now. Even Brandon Ayuk scores twice on, what, three catches or something? Like, he was barely involved as far as the, you know, targets are concerned, but he's there in the end zone. Like, it just doesn't stop it for the San Francisco 49 very interesting question, and I think everybody expected this as it happened, is what's going to happen with Trey Lance? What are they going to do with Jimmy G? If they go and make another deep run, and it's their second straight deep playoff run, or really third. He's going to say goodbye again. About it. He's going to say goodbye to the fans for a second time mm. at the end of the year. Look, I said it last year. I said, how do you just move? Like, Trey's our guy. Why? Why was he the guy? Because of the contract at the time? You know, and you're, looking, you're paying Jimmy G all this money. Well, no, you, they, the, they, the draft capital that you spent to get Trey Lance. They up, and they, like, yeah, but the third pick. Why can't why. that be a... Why can't that be a good situation to be in if you're the if you're the Niners? Why can't you just be like, look, we moved up thinking that we didn't have a quarterback in Jimmy G, and oh by the way, we I think, might. I think the so unders- why not? Just- I think the understanding is that if Trey Lance was playing right now, and this is what the 49ers were thinking, they would be better. That's what their that's what their expectation Small was. Small sample size in the season. beginning. I can't make that assumption. We can't, and and we still can't say for better or for worse. We have no idea it's because nuts. we didn't get to see Trey Lance, but. Trey Lance, what he brings to the table athletically, and you're seeing what Justin Fields is able to do, even though they're not winning, much better supporting cast in San Francisco. You're seeing what Jalen Hurts is able to do. But here's here's my question. And he bringing that element to the table on an offense that likes to run. I, I, and while, Agreed. But <laughs> like, look at this. this. The final score last night, the Niners beat him 38-10. What's the final score with Trey Lance? 38-10, maybe. That's what know. I'm saying. So, I have no idea. But that, but, but I, what I'm saying is, but the does he make them that the much better? When their offense doesn't get going, it's clearly obvious the person that's holding that offense back. Most of the time, it's been Jimmy G. <sighs> just, I, I don't think he does just enough saying. wrong for me to be like, you know what? Come on out, kid. It's time for Trey. I don't know. That's a discussion for Jimmy G makes the some, springtime, some egregious the summertime errors. If you've watched every 49er game, Listen, trust I, me, I, you yes, know. I've seen him. But and there's there's something to be said that he cannot stretch the field, and that that does bite them late in the season in certain games. Or maybe he doesn't have the people to stretch the field. Well, I know uh, Debo's Debo's an underneath guy. I've never seen him actually, you know, just take the top off and just run a. a fly I find route. it hard pressed to think that just Jimmy G throughout his entire career is is like just hasn't had a receiver that can stretch the field. Debo could stretch the field. Well, I understand he could stretch the field in that regard. Not what like I'm a saying, blow the top off the defense type guy, but they've had those. Everybody's got a fast guy here or there. I, I'm well aware. All I'm saying is if I'm the 49ers, it's okay to concede that you made a mis- not even a mistake. You just assessed your guy wrong. You're winning football games. You got to the NFC title game with this I guy don't last think, year, I don't and now you're think, six and four, first place in the NFC West I don't think that they again. assessed it wrong, though. I think that they knew what they have with Jimmy G, and that's why they weren't willing to just get rid of him for nothing. They could have gotten rid of Jimmy G for nothing. They were willing to keep him in town, even if they couldn't get a restructure. I don't think they were going to cut him. They they were able to work it out, and they they understood the talent that they had and what he brought to the team. That's why he's still on the team. 
<sighs> the Jimmy G Show brought to you by Mojo. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Next to somebody. year, I don't know, though. Yeah, that's we'll what I'm see. saying. This is a conversation that we'll be having right here at this desk, you know, this time. Well, not this time, next year. Probably around the springtime where we're like, oh, well, what's going to happen now? All right. One guy that fell off the face of the earth. It is officially not Rondell Moore season. <laughs> we thought for sure. It would be Rondell Moore. And look, we talk about this guy because of the fact that his one rush for minus six yards was the only stat line this guy had last night. He gets hurt. It's just like one of those things, man. You're looking at Rondell Moore, and he he's not the two. He's not the three. Like, we saw some emergence out of Dorch last night. Like, And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, like you said yesterday, you know, in a jokingly matter, like, oh, Kyler's not playing? DeAndre's playing. And, he, you know, again, Hopkins eight. But what I will say about Moore is – He's just not that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like we all make jokes, inside jokes. There's memes out there. It's always Rondell Moore season. It's clearly not, man. The guy's fallen, fallen from grace, and I wouldn't even touch this dude at all. It's just mm-mm. see, I expected a better showing out of him yesterday because I don't know. I I just I believe in Rondell Moore. I still do, but I do agree with you that he's more of a gadget type. He's not the definitely not a one. He's certainly not a two. Uh, he could definitely play the slot. I think he could grow into that role. But more so, I see him as a t- punt returner, using him in gimmick plays out of the backfield. And he's going to have splash yeah. games, but he's not going to be the consistent target guy. He's not going to get eight or nine targets a game. And if he is, then the offense is going to be going well. Cliff Kingsbury is not Should a be good, fired, by the way. not a good head coach, and I think it's becoming Bro, abundantly what does he clear. Have? What does he have on his ownership? That's what I want to know. Well, I... <laughs> They're just—he had a good run last year. He was almost in the coach of the year. Bro, when they went seven and zero, and then they lost to the Packers. Their record <coughs> uh, since no, then, their record since then, I believe, is you like eight and thirteen. Me. Believe me, I know. Maybe even less. It's bad. Yeah, and if you and look it, at their it, record historically, Troy Aikman, who I obviously, if you look at his record, even dating back to college, after a certain date, I think after Thanksgiving, it's never been good. He's like loses all his bowl games. So, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, I think the ship sailed on him. A college team will be glad to take him back to the well, NCAA what I'm saying ranks. Is Aikman is obviously one of my heroes as a child, but, like, on the broadcast, he will. the gloves are always off when it comes to Troy. He said that this this team is piss poor, and they're not they're not even playing for this coach anymore. At the end of that game last night, there was a couple attempted tackles that weren't attempted. You know what I mean? They're just not playing good football. No, but this guy, Kingsbury to me, is not the kind of guy that will rally the troops. Like, he's young, and everybody was really excited about that aspect. Like, oh, here comes a young, smart, offensive-minded coach. Here we go. And it just never panned out. And I'm going to tell you right now, as the most boldest thing as I possibly could say on this show, without without sounding like completely, you know, not biased, but just like judgmental, Kyler Murray's contract might be the worst contract in football history. Mm -hmm. History. History. It's early to say he that. Is, just the fact that he's not on the field right now is it's, just it's early. Bull. It's. I mean, if he's injured, he's injured. Yeah, but what you're gonna when he's on the field, he's not even on the field. Okay, you know fair, what I'm saying? Fair. He just doesn't. So he's not, there's he's two. There's two layers touch. to this. There's two layers. Right now, the Kyler Murray contract isn't looking great, for a fact. The second layer of that, though, is is that you almost have to. If we're sitting here and saying how bad Cliff Kingsbury is, right? Mm-hmm. Then you almost have to give the quarterback a pass because if it's the head coach, that was that the hand chosen dude by the by the coach, right? Right. So that's so the not whole the, that's not the but that's not the player's fault. It's not up. saying okay, the player was chosen by the coach. The the coach might just not be good, and you have to give the the player. You know the player is going to get a second opportunity because the contract demands it. But if Kingsbury goes, you're going to let the, you're going to have to see what Kyler has under a new regime, right? Because if if guess, if you're sitting you here and saying that that Kingsbury is not the guy and that he could be very well the reason why this offense isn't good, then and we have seen flashes out of Kyler in his career in terms of athletic We've ability, seen flashes and out of like every that. quarterback in, in fair. The world. 
But the point that I'm saying is the contract being the worst in NFL history, it remains to be seen. There's been some bad contracts. Really bad I'm contract. Just, I'm just saying the money, the guarantees, the everything that was like way, Albert Hainsworth got like I, that was, million. That started the entire like bad contract conversation with the world. But I'm saying right now, it just does not seem like this dude cares. I don't know. Again, I mean, the fact that there was a at one point a study clause in his contract and then it was taken out. I'm like, it yeah, just no, seems it's not a good look, and it's bad. been bad from the start. And I think the worst thing that Cliff Kingsbury has done. Is it Cliff? I keep on getting this. It's wrong. Cliff. It's Cliff. I, mm -hmm. Is there a Kyle Kingsbury that played quarterback? That's no, Kyle too? Shanahan. No, I'm pretty sure a Kyle Kingsbury does exist, and he played quarterback. Shh. I'll, I'll look at it up. Texas just because. Uh, wow, we're going really. All right, so Kyle Kingsbury. Yeah. Keep talking. Um, yeah, so we'll keep talking. Yeah, but because I think that Kingsbury, he's a mixed martial artist, he's not a quarterback. All right, there we go. So I was right. There is a Kingsbury. Anyway, moving on. I mean, yeah, there's also there Jeff is, Smith. There's several. There are several Kingsburys yes. apparently. <laughs> Um, but just he's just this one's not a good football coach. No, he's not, and it's time to go. Ties it all together. To all right. Go. How about how about topical stuff here? Because yeah, I feel so like let's, we're let's ran, get into we the, ran this Monday night game into yes, the ground. The Monday night game has been running to the ground. Congrats to the Niners and their fan base. You guys look pretty good right now. Looks pretty good <laughs> heading into Thanksgiving and going forward. As for the Cardinals, not so much. So let's go around the NFL. All right. Because what we have had had done on this show in the past, um, you know, obviously weeks, is that we're always like, all right, go long, go short, go long, go short. But we really don't cover the in the now stuff that's happening and breaking news that that really affects the mojo market. And we start with a Kyle Pitts. Clearly, you know, it's so defeating because there's so many people rooting for this dude to come on board and be the tight end that everybody said he was gonna be. Chris, I'm here to tell you that it just it it might not happen either in Atlanta or it, it, with that entire system. I don't know. But now the injury, he's out for the year. You know, it's just it's a bad, bad, bad season for Kyle Pitts since draft day. Just giving you a, a you know a number right here. You see it since draft day, he's down 22 percent from his from his start. So it's just like, and that's no multipliers or anything like that. That's just like raw numbers. I don't know, man. Maybe he's not as generational as people thought. I mean, there's 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 people out there that were touted to be very, very, very good in college. Of course. And they were supposed to be very, very, very good in the NFL and didn't pan out. Does Kyle Pitts now fall into that, that, that little conversation? I have a hard time going there because... Be, because I know what you're going to say. Just maybe I'll predict this wrong. But you're going to say there's flashes. There's like there's well, flashes there's, of greatness. There's a couple reasons, and I'm going to say why, is because typically, and we've had this conversation about tight ends in the past, where I've mentioned, it might even have been in a Kyle Pitts conversation, where I where I pointed out the top 10 seasons of all time by a rookie tight end, and Kyle Pitts is firmly entrenched in that top 10. And in fact, I think he's in the top three, personally, right? So when we're talking, he has the most yardage ever by a rookie tight end, so saying that he's not a generational talent based off of a bad season with an offense that does not throw the ball specifically towards him, right? And it's a system thing. It's a scheme thing. So maybe for that reason, it's a bad fit. But tight ends take some time, and he has an injury right now. I We have seen games this season. Now, this season has been abysmal, but Kyle Pitts has had games this season where he looked like he could be the guy, right? And certainly in the second half last year, he more so than anything looked like he was the guy. So I'm looking at about 25-game sample of Kyle Pitts right now, and I'm saying, okay, he's a rookie tight end. How many yards does he have? 13, 14, 1,500? I'm looking at that as, wow, that might be the most of all time through 25 games. So while he's not on the field right now, and the expectations maybe were way too high on a kid that 
really plays a position that's not easy in the NFL to, to really get good at. Is he a is, all right, keep going, sorry. And like I said, him being drafted in third rounds of fantasy leagues, it sets the bar really high. So when your bar is that high in fantasy football, we kind of know how the mojo market works in relation to that. Kyle Pitts' expectations were really high. He was drafted really high. So he's not living up to the draft status just yet in some ways because really last year he did, right? So are you buying low on him right now? I'm, I might wait a little bit because I don't think he's going to go up anytime soon. So well, no, I'm he's not, sitting on the bench now. I mean, he's done. Yeah, so I'm not going to necessarily uh, put my funds in Kyle Pitts right now. But sometime throughout this season or offseason there, uh, for that matter, I will probably invest a little buy low on All Kyle right. Pitts because – if you thought Kyle Pitts was the man, nothing really that I've seen up to this point hasn't shown me that he is, other than the fact that I think Arthur Smith doesn't know how to use his tight end. I'm, I'm okay with that theory. Um, anyway. But wait a little bit, because there's money to be made on other aspects of football Another right surprise move He's from out. a very, very bad team. Melvin Gordon was cut yesterday, and of course, there is landing spots for him. There is a potential that he could be a chief, a saint. There, there's, there's, there's places that there's already rumors, but for Melvin Gordon to get cut, um, I, I had Anthony pull up his numbers for the year. I mean, I could have did this too, but Anthony's really good at what he does. I, 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 do, I believe that. 90 rushes The one-man research team. He really is. Right. He is the research team. 318 yards, two touchdowns, 32 targets, 25 catches. Fumbling issues is what happened with Melvin Gordon. And for them to find a fall guy on a very bad team, I feel like Melvin Gordon shouldn't have been the guy. Fall guy or? Fall guy. Favor. I think this happens more often than you think in the NFL. The Broncos season is over. Melvin Gordon, his contract isn't necessarily going to hurt them because he signed the one-year deal. No reason to keep him in town. Let's see what we got. And the only thing that I'll say is I don't think Melvin Gordon goes in anywhere where he's going to hurt the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos, you can't kill what's already dead. <laughs> They're dead, right? You can't hurt them. He's not going to be on a two-year deal. So he's not gonna, anymore. And he's not the generational type of player at this point in his career, at least, that is going to – Burn you next year. I I firmly believe that Melvin Gordon, we know of a running back in the AFC West that was injured very recently, that I think would be a big upgrade over a Clyde Edwards-Alaire if the Kansas City Chiefs decided to bring Melvin Gordon into town, stay in the division. He doesn't have to move all that far. Kansas City and Denver aren't that far, right? So he gets a new place, new apartment in Kansas City. (laughs) And I think it's a great fit. They would be using him at the goal line. I know that they got the Pacheco project happening right now, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he hasn't lived up to it anyway, and he's been injured. Now he is injured. Now he is injured, He's yeah. like a smaller Devontae Freeman. I just don't think he's the guy. Decent comparison. I like that. I forgot who, who told me that. Somebody told me that. Oh, all right. I thought that was an original thought. All right, but anyway, Melvin Gordon's, his stock price goes down a little bit uh, via this, this uh, transaction that went down yesterday. And again, he'll probably land somewhere. You can't assume Melvin that- Gordon lands on a contender. And if that's the case... It'll go. It'll go. Philly. Stop. Philly was in on all Just these backs. Stop. If you don't think Philly, <laughs> Buffalo, this crap. Philly, Buffalo. The Kansas, rich get richer over there. They spent a trillion dollars on their defensive line. because Philly, it, Buffalo, KC. Buffalo, ready, KC. Miami. They got 16 running backs over there. Exactly. <laughs> Why not a 17? If there's a running back that could. You, know, running, you think sure the, coach, the coach has got the, you got any more of them running backs? I, <laughs> I just hit you for another running back. All right, moving on. There is a lot of news surrounding this individual who hasn't played a down in 2022. We're not talking about Jameson Williams yet. We will in a second. But OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, here's this story. Here's the scoop. Right now, he's apparently a week away from 
activity football related. They they said late November, early December. So here yeah, we are. We're in that window. He's basically the Cowboys Giants game away. He's basically the Cowboys Giants. There is a Odell Beckham on a pole match if this is a wrestling match on Thursday night because it seems to me from all sources, you know that that the the narrowed down team search is down to the Giants and the Cowboys. I say why. You know, like you, you have all these teams, right? You have, you have the, the Chiefs that are still reeling over there. You have Buffalo who would love to add another receiver. You know, the Rams are completely dead in the water. So it's like, that's not a relevant thing. But now all of a sudden the Cowboys, every single player on the roster has made a pitch for this guy, right? They're saying do the right thing. So it's almost as if like if Odell doesn't choose the Cowboys, there is going to be a blood feud between Odell and the rest of the Cowboy players. But the Giants are involved. And right now they lose Wondell Robinson. We saw that via Mojo yesterday. Uh, Wanda Robinson now for the year. Uh, you know, the, what's the the other receiver that's gone for the year already? Um, uh, not Slayton, the other one. Kadarius Tony. Well, Tony got traded. Um, why can't I? Th- Ant? Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Okay. He's a Giants fan. So, um, so he's out for the year. You know, and the turf has been like the, the literally, you know, people call it the turf monster. <laughs> it's living up to the name over there in New York. But what I will say is, where does OBJ land? How effective can he be? Last year on eight games played with the Rams, 48 targets, 27 catches, 305 yards, five touchdowns, and a Super Bowl ring, technically, I guess. You know, yes. 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 Super yeah, Bowl ring. Very big role. Very big role. Where does he land? How does this affect his market? Right now, he's up over the course of his career, he's up 68%. So obviously, people are like, all right, he'll be good. And then he makes the one-handed catch and he gets the cover of Madden and everything goes happening the rest of history. And then now, $16.23 seems like he's right right there, right in the mix. Is it a good investment right now to, to get him now before he signs or gonna, wait until gonna, he signs? I'm going to relook at this real quick. Honestly, I think that there's some a lot of wolf tickets surrounding Odell right now, like major wolf tickets. He's talking about it's narrowed down to two teams. There is a 0% chance that he's signing with the Giants. Tell me you want to be mentioned on Thanksgiving's broadcast without telling me you want to. Yeah, it's a perfect storm for Odell to be to be able to create a little bit of a market for himself. His agent and him have been having fun all off season. They had fun with it last. uh, Not all off season, but yeah, honestly, it was all off season. He started having fun with it as soon as he realized that okay, I'm not back with the Rams. I'm a free agent again. He had fun with it last season first and foremost. But he sees that the Giants are playing the Cowboys, and he knows that both play, both teams have been kind of lobbying for him. It's a divisional matchup on Thanksgiving. And the guy loves attention, which I can't blame him, right? He's a wide receiver in the He's NFL. He's going to show up on the, on the float no for surprise, the Jonas Brothers. It's no surprise that Odell likes people, <laughs> you know, to give him Can attention. Can you imagine that, though? You know, the Jonas Brothers are doing a halftime show, and maybe they're doing their little dance, right? They and might, then there's like a cake in the uh, middle the of the game, thing, I would and imagine bang, the game's Odell on Fox. Out. Odell's the one on the sideline giving out the turkey legs, and, you know. But I don't think that... Can you imagine the turkey legs have like logos I don't think, on them? Like, I don't know. I don't think like. the Giants, when you look at their <laughs> so schedule, stupid. when you look at the Giants' schedule moving forward, brutal. And then you look at the quarterback situation. Brutal. And I understand that <laughs> Daniel Jones is having a really good year, right? He definitely is. But do you really want to catch passes from Daniel Jones down the stretch in that offense? Hell, I don't. <laughs> I do not. Do you really want to go and play two or three home games in the Meadowlands right now? After, Where everybody's getting after you blew your up. knee out several times in your career? I don't think that's what Odell wants to do. I see Dallas as a real possible destination. But if we're saying, if I'm automatically eliminating the Giants, you would imagine that I'm saying, well, it's definitely Dallas then because 
That's what he narrowed it down to. But I don't believe a word when it comes to the media narrative. Uh, Unless Odell tweets out uh, something. It's like you're putting that mojo, that bad mojo, on this whole situation. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to wake I, up I on really Friday. Do. Black really, Friday sales, everybody. I really do. I, if, if Odell comes, signs if a Green Bay. Down, if it comes down, <laughs> no, that's out. If it comes down to the Giants or the Cowboys, I'd say it's 100% the Cowboys. No questions asked. The schedule going forward is easier. The, just across the board, the, the Cowboys are in a better position this year defensively. They have a better running game, I think. Even though you could say Saquon, I think the, the Cowboys have a better... Complete running game. P- complete total package on offense. They're not so reliant on one player. So anyway, Actually, they are. Tony Pollard. Are you in now on an Odell Beckham knowing that he's about to sign? So meaning, while his price is today's price, yeah. it might spike when he signs. I think that's the underlying point here when we're talking about some of these guys outside Kyle Pitts. We just talked about Melvin Gordon. You know, he's at a low right now. If he signs with a contender, just on the news that he signs with a team that's going to use him and he's probably going to play some playoff games and maybe even a touchdown in the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah, like I'm I'm in on a Melvin Gordon right now. Same way we saw somebody invest heavily in an Eno Benjamin. Mm. I think there's even a better investment because there's no questions asked that he's going to end up on a contender. And OBJ, as soon as they get the news that he does sign, he's going to handpick a contender. I think the worst spot for him to be in would be the Giants, but even still... There will be a lot of buzz behind that, and I think people will get behind it. I think there's dark Not horses me. here. It's Buffalo and Philly, and I think really the chances that we see him as a chief are strong. I think that's where he ends up. I think your Odell well, your chief. prediction right now is Odell Beckham to the Chiefs or the Bills. I mean that's and don't Von be Miller's already gone out there and said and don't oh, be we're surprised if if we're talking about the Giants and we're talking about Dallas. There is a zero percent chance that Philly is not getting involved. Like, in other words, they are one hundred percent going to at least throw their name in the hat. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Anyway, one if more. If it's a one-year deal, and it's like it's okay. not going to be a one-year deal, though. It's not. He's looking for three. He's looking for a three-year deal. One hundred percent. There's no way in shape or form. What? Why would he sign somewhere <laughs> now and then just be a free well, agent if, in if March? He, if it's not going to be a one-year deal. And it's not going to be a. Th- and it's, I can tell you this: if you say it's not going to be a one-year deal, I will also guarantee it's not a three-year deal. I'll tell you right. I'll meet you in the middle. What's going to be is going to be a three-year, a two-year deal with an option for the team option for third. I something think, to that, or player option for third or something. I, th- to that I crap. think I think a team could potentially throw a ton of money at him for the remainder of this season. Let's say six million, right, for the rest of this year. You know how you notice how I said six? Yeah, because, because we already went over those numbers. All that's all Dallas and Philly have. Yes, right yep, now. Yep. So if he gets six million the rest of this year. And that's double the rest of the remaining contract for this year. And then he gets to revisit the free agency after a potential playoff run. I think that's good business. And I think that where you're seeing, I don't like it. What you're seeing is you're just trying to, oh, they're posturing right now, but it doesn't matter what he wants. Like, no NFL team right now coming off his second ACL needing to see him. Yeah, you got to see all the medicals and all that other stuff. I think it would be better, a better situation for Odell and to get paid more to go prove it for a little bit. We'll see. At six million. We shall see. Moving on real quick. Brush it over real quick. Just in case, we, you know, if you forgot his name, is Jameson Williams. And we've talked about him since this, the show has started. It's Inception. That was one of our first guys. Bargain basements. Super duper low price. It's time. I think it's time. The practice will start seeing some action. Um, I think this guy is going to start, you know, getting on the field, getting back to normal. And what is what has been touted by everybody else is that this dude is the best receiver in this class. So, right now, Chris, yes. I mean, you've you've held on to his. Stock I hate role. the Detroit Lions, and I love Jameson Williams. <laughs> so I can't help it. Get he's, involved he's just, on Jameson Williams. I know that was a brush over, but again, that's that's the kind of guy. Well, we've that, talked about him, but we know that we've right. talked about the news is about to break. It did break. He's back at practice. He probably won't play on Thanksgiving. No. I don't think that's no, a possibility. No, no, no. But 
rest assured he will be in that lineup another, next week. Another 10-day break, yeah. That's yeah. a possibility. I so. think it makes the most sense to take him out of this, keep him out of this game, even if he's ready to go, and then give him that extra 10 days. Make sure you're confident because, you know, if they win this game, then you can start having that conversation about the Lions making some noise, but they're not going to beat Buffalo on Thanksgiving. I think they might. Don't throw stuff at me Shut for that, up, Jesus. Bro. All right, anyway, you could do Shut not that. Up. You could not throw stuff at me, and you could follow Mojo. You can actually do that. You can go over on the social medias and head over and over to the Instagram, the Twitter, and the TikTok, at Mojo. And, of course, join the conversation. Conversations like this that we have every day on this show uh, can happen over on the Discord. So, Discord, look up Mojo on the Discord. And, of course, Mojo.com for all your blogs and all your up-to-the-minute up to the minute, literally up to the minute, scrolling, as you see on the bottom of your screen. That's straightoffmojo.com. That is the active market right now as it opens every morning at 9 o'clock in the morning. So for that, we got one more show uh, before the Thanksgiving holiday. We'll preview all three games tomorrow, right? That makes sense. Three games tomorrow, guys, we should look at uh, tomorrow and to Thanksgiving. And, of course, may even uh, squeeze in something else for you guys, uh, the viewer. So for Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll see you guys back here on a Wednesday.